Hey, Oz. Hey, Curtis. What movie are we watching this week? This week we're watching a movie marriage of Purple Rain mm. meets The Crazies <laughs> with a dose of Sesame Street. <laughs> Love it. This week we're kicking off a new month and a new theme with Return of the Living Dead. Yeah. <laughs> How this to get to Sesame yeah. Street. This movie marriage was tough for me. Like, I was sitting there last night, like, oh, putting my notes together, and I'm like, what am I going to do for a movie marriage? I wanted to avoid, like, straight zombie movies. Yeah. It's like, yeah, that's whatever. Um, you know, my wife's like, well, what's a movie that rains all the time? I'm like, well, The Crow. Yeah. <laughs> Can't rain all the time. <laughs> I'm like, I'm not going to put The Crow in. <laughs> At one point, I'm like, no, like, but at the same time, I wanted something that's not like so obscure. I'm like, well, Michael Douglas is in a movie called Black, Black Rain. Rain. Yeah, yeah. I like, <laughs> I like Purple Rain. That works. Yeah. I'm like, we'll put Purple Rain. Yeah. In. <laughs> the Crazies, of course, just because sure, just... that's another movie where a <laughs> based on a Romero. Uh-huh. Let's, let's let's remember, the Crazies was a George Romero story mm-hmm. about a canister of military grade like biochemical weaponry is mm-hmm. lost and then the town that it's found in is destroyed from afar by a bomb sound familiar <laughs> <laughs> does it ring a bell <laughs> uh, and then of course sesame street because yeah because you got burton ernie <laughs> this movie is so silly it's just oh, so I know, like, I know. ridiculous which, in the best of ways yeah which which really balances us out because it's also very gory like yeah oh yeah it could get really gory know, like and not not in like ton, not in like like um dead alive where you've got just gallons upon gallons of blood yeah just like teeth eating like teeth against skull yeah, like, like sinking into top yeah, of like head. it's yeah. just things that are like oh that's just that's hard to mm-hmm. watch like sawing off a cadaver's head yep. and just a pit I, like the special effects of this movie are just are great yep. i i know you do i do as well we just love practical effects yeah um so uh, i'm getting ahead of myself here <laughs> welcome back ladies and gentlemen to another episode of let's talk about flicks the weekly podcast where we take a monthly theme new theme new this theme that's right we're kicking off august everyone's returning back to school uh-huh. so we thought let's have a month of return movies yes where the word return must be in the title uh-huh and uh we've got a great month line we do a wide variety of films yeah very yes. wide variety we, we talked about it last week um mm-hmm. you know we cover a lot of different things here but we're going to kick off this week with uh one of one of two horror movies this month, but yes. really the only good horror movie yeah. this month. <laughs> and one of, and this is one of your personal favorite all time oh, movies. So very much. You're, you're right, already yeah. gushing over it. I can I can I, am, I can I see I your, the angelic glow coming from behind you. <laughs> yeah, Re- Return of the Living Dead, the Dan O'Bannon directed uh, mm-hmm. unofficial sequel to Night of the Living Dead yes. uh, is is definitely one of my favorite horror movies. A one that uh, the rewatchability of this movie oh, is yeah. is just through the roof. It's got comedy. It's got unintentional comedy. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's just oozes eighties. It's got good gore. <laughs> it oozes lots of things. It, it does. Yeah. There's a lot of oozing. <laughs> a lot of ooze. Uh, it's just it, I don't. It's just I just love this movie so much. Yeah. So 
Uh, I am excited to talk about it. Uh, before we get there, I want to give a shout out to Patreon subscribers, Don S, Aaron A, and Mandy K. Thank you once again for your patronage. Mm -hmm. Uh, I got the plot on this one. Yes. Uh, so I'm going to let you introduce us to our characters. Yes. Yeah. We kind of have like two factions of characters in a way. We do. We have like, like we have the, the basically it's, it's like the, 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 uh, yeah, the, yeah, the, the adults and the kids is kind of a, kind of yeah. a way is, is how they're broken up. I'll start with the, the adults slash the, the working man as you yeah. frame it. Uh, we we have Frank Johnson played by James Karen in what's probably my favorite oh, performance yeah. in this this movie. Yeah, it's just there's so many great. I mean, obviously not great in Oscar worthy. Yes, things, but, but there's just so many great characters in this movie. But yeah, I I agree with you. James Karen steals every scene. Yes, he's in. yeah, he's just so great in this movie. He he works at a medical supply warehouse and he's mentoring young. Freddie, played by Tom Matthews. So he's got he's got Freddie under his wing. Freddie's you know. Tom Matthews is kind of a he, he's a staple in horror movies. Mm -hmm. um, he was in a Friday you know, the Thirteenth, was he not? Yeah, yeah, he's a Friday Thirteenth Part Six. Yep. So though we we start with those two, uh, their boss, the guy who owns the warehouse, is uh, Burt Wilson, played by Clue Gallagher. In another just very solid kind of straight band performance, mm -hmm. across the street from Burt's Medical Warehouse is Ernie Colton Bruner, played by Don Calfa. He owns the local funeral home. Do, do you recognize Don Calfa from any other movies? It, the face kind of rings a bell, but but help me out here. Don Calfa is the man responsible for killing Bernie Lomax in Weekend at Bernie's. <laughs> Bernie Bernie hired him to come kill the guys, but uh -huh. then his boss hired him to just kill Bernie. So, yeah, he's the uh, he's the hitman in the Weekend at Bernie's movie. That's I'd like to think that they that they uh, all occur in the same universe. It, well, yeah, it's that you could tell he's much older in this yeah. movie. Return of the Living Bernie verse. That's <laughs> true. Well, he he's a staple of zombie films. There you go. <laughs> so th those are our adult slash working man characters. Then we have the kids. We have the local youths. Uh, we have Beverly Randolph as Tina, uh, mm -hmm. Freddie's girlfriend, uh, and the one sort of goody two shoes character. In yeah, the very girls next girl next door yes. quality. To Innocent, her. naive, and... who who hangs out with the local punk gang. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Yeah, yeah. That's I, I love the inclusivity in this gang. <laughs> they really are like yeah. they don't like it, they all dress a little differently. Yeah, and yeah. It's, it's yeah, I really get the feel like like uh, like Freddie is the link for her to this yes. group. Yeah. Uh, we have Spider played by Miguel A. Nunez Jr., also a veteran of a Friday the Thirteenth movie, yeah. where he pretty much plays the identical character. I think it's Friday the Thirteenth three or four. Instead of Spider, his character's name is Tarantula. Exactly. <laughs> Spider. Spider, yeah. <laughs> we have Chuck and Casey, uh, played by John Philbin and Jewel Shepard. They're just kind of there. Uh, yeah. We have Scuzz, <laughs> played by Brian Peck. Uh, we have Trash, played by Leanna Quigley, uh, and not very much clothing. Uh, no. and, and then we have, uh, we have Suicide, played by Mark Venturini. Linnea Quigley, also a horror movie, Scream Queen-esque. Um, like, 
my other show was talking, you know, with Courtney, my co-host. Mm-hmm. When we watched this, you know, I was like, do you recognize her? Of course, we <laughs> we had watched uh, Friday the 13th Part 6. So I qu- was quizzing her on, do you know Tom Matthews? No. Well, here he was. Yep. And, but Linnea Quigley, um, she was in Night of the Demons. Uh, also topless in that movie. And, of course. In a couple of scenes. Uh, she was in uh, Silent Night, Deadly Night. Mm-hmm also topless in that movie of course yeah (laughs) kind of her claim to fame that's her thing that's bring me in and i'll bring my own wardrobe there's a couple other characters that pop up in this as well we have uh colonel glover played by jonathan terry uh we also have uh tarman zombie as well played by alan troutman there's some others as well but uh we'll, we'll leave it at that Right. So that that's the cast of characters, Oz. What do we got for the plot of Return of the Living Dead? Yeah, we start our movie off with uh, with some on-screen text. Oh, love um, it. Love, and, love and, a good um, on-screen text. Just, <laughs> just tell that, me. Pretend that, like I'm stupid. That everything in this movie is real. This is real yeah. places, <laughs> real names. Yeah. Real yeah. It's all real. We didn't, we didn't change the names. <laughs> this all actually happened. Yeah. Like, uh-huh. you know, they don't even, they don't even say based on a true story. No, 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 no. This is the story. This, this right? is everything that happened in this movie. It's basically a documentary. Yeah. It's, it's not found footage. Yeah. This just, the film crew was off limits to the zombies. Um, <laughs> followed by more on screen text. I, I, I've found a T-shirt on T Public with, with that says, you know, July third, nineteen eighty four, like five thirty p.m. <laughs> like, I and I I want that shirt other than just I'm a tightwad and don't want to <laughs> buy another T-shirt. Um, but we Tre- kick things treat off. yourself, Oz. We kick things off in a pre pre title sequence. Mm-hmm. At the Unita Med- the Unita <laughs> Medical Supply. Unita. I think that's I think that's in upstate New York. Is that not Unita? Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, the Unita Medical Supply Warehouse, where we meet Frank and Freddie mm-hmm. and Bert. Really, Bert. Yes. Bert's getting ready to leave for the day. Um, but it's a medical supply. It's it's a very large building, but seemingly a very small warehouse. Yes. <laughs> yeah. It's a gigantic building, but you you see yeah, yeah. Like, like a couple yeah, of rooms. They've got like they've got like two or three of the like floor to ceiling like shelving racks that yeah. don't go to the ceiling, but that's about it mm-hmm. in this supply warehouse. Uh, where um, Freddie is a new employee. And Frank is showing him the ropes and, you know, very proud. Frank yep. is very proud of his foreman role. <laughs> you know, calls his wife, tells her, keep the pot roast warm, honey. I'll be home, you know. Yeah. Basically showing Freddie. Uh, I get the vibe. Well, for, we know we learn a little bit later. Freddie's supposed to get off at 10 o'clock. Yep. So don't. It doesn't. They don't go into a lot of detail exactly on what Freddy's job would entail at the Unita Medical Supply mm-hmm. Warehouse that requires him to work until 10 p.m. But whatever. Um, I, I, my, I'm guessing that he's an order picker or something, and you know. Yeah, you know, shelf hey, stalker. Hey, yeah, hey, you don't know. Uh, you know, when somebody calls up, hey, I need a half a dog. Right, and 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 this is where we start seeing some of the cool effects in this movie. Yeah. Just the. Attention to little detail works, and we definitely see it sprinkled throughout the movie. So Frank's showing Freddie the ropes and really taking pride in Freddie needing to learn from Frank. You get the feeling Frank probably doesn't have a lot going for him in life. Like, he's married and he's happy. Yeah. But, like, he's a 
like a late afternoon foreman at a medical supply yeah, company. Yeah, just simple lifestyle. You know, yeah. enjoys the pot roast with his wife. Right. You know. Yeah, and he's just and he enjoys having a person working under him. Yeah. Not so he can be bossy because he's he's not a, well. He's he's a foreman. Like he just he wants to he wants to lead. Yes. Um, and uh, and so Bert leaves for the day. Frank is showing Freddie the ropes. Takes him into um, basically lays out the scene of yeah. everything. You know, yeah, it's, it's, here's it's, your it's the classic. Let's walk around, and you know, you're you're seeing you're seeing you're getting the lay of the land through Freddie's yeah. eyes. Yeah, exactly. And so, um, you know, telling some, he's just basically messing with Freddie a little bit. He'll help me put this skeleton. And well, where do these skeletons come from? You know, India. Yeah, you know, there's a skeleton <laughs> farm over in India. Really? <laughs> yeah. Well, exactly. Whoa. The thing is, how do they how do they get such perfect chompers? And you know, <laughs> just yeah, just uh, messing with them. It takes him into the cooler where there's a cadaver. Oh, on I a, like Frank. Know. Yeah, yeah, I do. I, I like Frank and Freddie. Like, yeah. Freddie's just, you can tell, like, I want to make a buck. And, yeah, he's genuinely trying to learn. He's not just yeah. hes not just going through the motions. Yeah, so uh, Frank, you know, shows Freddie the, the the cooler where they keep the cadavers. Mm-hmm. No, he says, normally we're a little more stocked, but we got a shipment coming in. And, you know, and uh, there's just this yellow cadaver under, a, you know, plastic drapery, whatever. And, and they go back to the office, and uh, and Frank starts telling him like, "You ever heard of that movie Night of the Living Dead?" You know, <laughs> which is I, it just lays on so thick here, but but yeah. but in the best of ways. Yeah, like I really enjoy it because um, we know like from the get go, this movie's not taking itself seriously. No, everything is real. That you need a medical supply and. Um, you know, just little details like that, you know, that are just so, like, tongue-in-cheek yeah. that they're having fun with it. Frank um, may as well have just turned directly to the camera exactly. and just like, hey, psst, you ever heard right. of that movie, Night right. of the Living Dead? Yeah, he, he, he calls a timeout like Zach Morris. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, so, I mean, he's got Freddy's ear. Freddy is all in on this. He's like, you know, well, they, he's explaining it. There's, you know, there's a can of trioxin that the the military lost and it was supposed to ship to so-and-so and instead it shipped here mm-hmm. and we've got it down in the basement you know freddie's just like what <laughs> do you want to see it so he takes him downstairs um meanwhile we meet we meet tina and yeah. the gang um you know we don't meet suicide yet so no <laughs> suicide, that's what he's so surly oh, he's, he's just so like He's dressed. You could look at him and tell he's an angry man. And yeah. then when he talks, he's an angry man. Yeah. But he's almost angry, like I'm just misunderstood. Like <laughs> it's like Hulk and Thor Ragnarok. Where yeah, like, yeah. Where, where he's basically the equivalent of a two year old, and he's like, I'm just so angry all the time. Right. Like, <laughs> yeah. Like I just life is hard, and, you know. But I've got a chain wrap from my nose to my ear, yeah. so and I don't understand why no one takes me seriously. Um, Golly gee. <laughs> and so uh, the gangs walk in and they're just walking like yeah you know like, it's just they're not causing any trouble they're just walking mm-hmm. and we're you know they're looking for a party basically looking for a party and they're like well freddie always knows where there's a good party and so well freddie is at work until 10 and so then they're all like no we can't do that so yeah two hours <laughs> yeah they uh they call they call suicide who picks him up and so suicide's driving in his car that he's spray painted all over he's mm-hmm. spray painted his name on the hood and 
you know, they're all just crammed in this car. I mean, I do the same thing when I get a new car. Just first thing <laughs> I do is just sh- 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 get a can of Krylon and, you know, right. Curtis. <laughs> <laughs> ah, well, you don't need to memorize your license nope, plate if you nope, write right your name on the car. It's easy to find on the In the parking lot, yeah. Oh, I'm at Jewel. Uh, I'm at Row J. No, you're in Row Curtis. Yeah. And so, uh, um, you know, suicide picks them up and they basically, they go to the, you need a medical supply and it's like seven thirty, Yeah. And, uh, they're like, we're not waiting here for two. We're not waiting here for two hours. Mm. We're not waiting for Freddie for two and a half hours, you know, to which, uh, I always forget their names. Chuck is like, well, we can always drive around. Well, Chuck, is, Chuck and Casey are pretty forgettable, and I, and, yeah. and and they're going to come up later. Just wink, wink. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but but again, for forgettable characters, I mean, they're they're still fleshed out yes, enough. Enough, like sure. Yeah, I mean, unlike they're really of our like speaking roles in here, like they all are something. Like like with Chuck and Casey, like Chuck's he's got the hots for just a female. Yeah. And, like, he's after Casey pretty much the whole movie. Like, he just wants to be with Casey. Um, and she, and just, she, she just keeps shooting him down. <laughs> yeah, she's not interested. And so uh, they decide, <laughs> again, another just kind of wink uh, acknowledgement here is they're parked. The You Need a Medical Supply Company is parked, is, like, right next to the Resurrection Cemetery. <laughs> <laughs> which again is right by the the funeral home. Is it, yeah, is it which, resurrection funeral home as well? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so uh, they're like, "Well, we, you know, trash is like we can always go hang out in there." So they do. They bust open the chain to the cemetery and they go in. And basically, they're they're not going to sit in the car for two and a half hours. Mm-hmm. They're going to go in the cemetery. For two and a half hours. <laughs> do you ever fantasize about dying? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, trash. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, she offers she offers two things to this movie, and one <laughs> of them is not her acting ability. Yeah, <laughs> um, the worst so, way would be for a bunch of old men to eat me alive. <laughs> <laughs> Foreshadowing. Yeah, yeah. I wonder where that's gonna go. And so uh, we go back inside, and and Frank and Freddie are downstairs in the basement. He's showing him that can. Opens the lid and he, you can see there's a corpse inside. Yeah, just it. just just stuck yeah. right there, like, like you know, looking at the top. Uh, and, and it's like it's freaking Freddy out. Yeah, and, well, um, of course it would. It'd freak me out. <laughs> and so uh, you know, he's like, "Well, is it ever going to open?" And of course, Frank's like, "No, oh, this is military this grade is Army like, Corps of Engineers." <laughs> <laughs> Hits the side of it, and of course, just the toxic gas inside of it just just starts billows out, pouring out onto them. Just yeah, just like you said, billowing out, um, knocks them out, um, and now we get the title. Yeah, it's it's. A, I love that the opening sequence in this movie is so great. Yeah, yeah it's like it's, ten minutes in too. Yeah, and it's long enough that you you you've you've forgotten you haven't seen a title. Yeah, like it's not a cold open. It's the plot. Yeah, and and uh, so you know we get just the we like I said we get the the billowing you know the billowing toxic gas. Mm-hmm we get it like channeling itself like into the vent going through the ductwork pumping out into that um that cooler room with the cadaver mm-hmm. i i love the wide shots in this movie too like the camera starts way back in this cadaver this cadaver room it's centered right there and he's just shaking all over the place like this cadaver's come back to life as the camera's kind of pushing in on the scene um 
no, it's just it's just doing its thing. Like it's pumped out into the warehouse exclusively into the warehouse. Yes, so that's that's key yes. for now. Yeah, has not um, escaped. It's a, no, <laughs> hermetically and, sealed warehouse. Right, <laughs> it's air <laughs> Um And so, uh, yeah, this gas is is still encased in the warehouse. Frank and Freddie, uh, who knows how much later? Like, yeah. they've been knocked out for a while. They come to. They're super sweaty. Um, you, you can tell they look sick. Yeah, like well, they're they're coughing. They're hacking. Yeah. They're sick. Um, and the corpse in the can is gone. Like, well, it must have disintegrated, right, Oz? Yeah, yeah. It's just like, well, it's it's been sealed for so long that yeah. that's the only that's the only answer. Um, they go upstairs and they're you know they're they know they've made a mistake. But Frank right now is just more interested in saving face. The you know, he grabs they, the can of Lysol and just starts spraying yeah. around. <laughs> yeah, like, this the whole place. Yeah, oh, this will take care of that. Like, that Lysol. And Freddie's like, we should call the cops. And Frank's like, are you kidding me? Mm-hmm. Have the cops crawling around this place? You know, and uh, he's, you know, and is he, I think it's at this point, he, you know, he, like, Freddie calls him a name and Frank's like, you better watch your mouth, boy, if you like this job. <laughs> <laughs> you know, because Frank's just, he's a, he's a dedicated worker. Yeah. Freddie offers like, we could call the number. You know, it's uh-huh. like, we could call the number on the can, and it's like that's the military. We're not calling. We, we can't have the armor around here. Let's <laughs> oh, no, call. There's, Bert. A, there's an eight hundred number just plastered yeah, on this barrel. Yeah, we've also at this point we've also cut to the general returning home. Uh huh. Um, which is somewhere else, like nowhere nearby. He's got armed guards outside of his gated house. I think it's San Diego, if, if memory serves. Something yeah. like that. Yeah, he uh, San Diego. He, <laughs> <laughs> He uh, he he comes home and you know his wife's like, "How was work today?" And he just got he you could tell he's just cold. Yeah, you know what's for dinner? I made your favorite lamb chops. I had them for lunch. <laughs> I love how her name is Ethel. I don't know what, yeah. what it is. Like <laughs> she just it's like he looks just, like an Ethel. He comes home. He turns on like you could tell they don't go into a lot of detail yet. Ethel, he kind of gets Ethel gets it out of him a little bit, but basically. The military lost a can, and he, they're still on surveillance. Mm-hmm. Like, I have to be reachable at all times in case they find the can. Well, guess what? We found the can. Um, they call Bert. Bert comes in. Well, the problem is the cadaver's alive. Uh-oh. They get upstairs, like you said, before Gert, before Bert gets there. This is the, the little details that I love, things like this. Like, they hear a dog barking, and they find <laughs> out that it's this, like, like this medical school half dog. Yeah, it's like a bisected dog. Yeah. Just just like right down. Yeah. Which which in all intents and purposes should be plastic. Yeah. <laughs> but no, they this is apparently a like a like a taxidermy dog uh-huh. that that they have cut in half. And it's this dog that's laying on its side just like panting. So, <laughs> Frank beats it with a crutch. Yeah, and I love it. Again, I, I, it barks. My, my, my wife would hate me saying this, but but I love how when they hit it with a crutch, it starts whimpering. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it, it barks every time he hits it yeah. and starts whimpering. It's a half but there's dog. Even, there's even like, uh, there's a, like a display of dead butterflies. Uh-huh. And the butterflies flapping their wings. Like, those little things like that are just... Yeah. They really seal it. But this cadaver is moaning and groaning from inside the cooler. Mm -hmm. So Bert shows up, 
and they got a plan like, all right, here's what we're going to do. We're going to open it up. Uh, Frank, you take this baseball bat and when it comes out, hit it in the head, you know, and take it down. Well, Frank's a pansy. Yeah. Yeah. He's not the toughest of guys. (laughs) No. So, uh, Freddie opens the door. The cadaver comes straight for Bert. Oh, it just Uh, charges out of there. Yeah. Like just straight at Bert. Um, they end up tackling it down. They're holding it down, and Bert takes a pickaxe uh-huh. and just, just unflinchingly just, dr- just, just drives it, buries in. it into the back of its head. Yeah, like pins it to the ground. Uh-huh. He's hit it so hard, um, and it doesn't die. And so, <laughs> one of my favorite exchanges here is Bert. Bert's yelling at Frank. I thought you said, you know, I, I thought you said if you hit it in the brain, it would die. Mm-hmm. And Frank goes. Well, that's what it does in the movies. And Bert, and Bert goes, well, it's not doing it now. And then Freddie goes, you mean the movie lied? <laughs> <laughs> like, he's so like, I can't believe it. But of course, everything in this movie we know is real. So. Yeah, yeah, because it's because it, what it said at the beginning. Right. And so, you know, the, you know, Tina and the gang are still over in the, it's, it's, dark now they're mm-hmm. still over in the cemetery they're all just bored sitting around you know um chuck's trying to still get with casey and uh, <laughs> Tra- trash trash is, really is now completely naked the trash is really bored and this yeah. is where she's you know she stands up and <laughs> she rips her top off and gets up on like an above ground you know tomb yeah um and starts dancing it and, and i love um I, I think it was Scuzz, maybe it was as Chuck, but one of them's like, uh-oh, Trash is taking her, you know, yeah. Trash goes off again. It's gets like you wonder how many, how many times this has happened. Exactly. <laughs> Let's get some lights over here. So we see Suicide and Spider, like, they've got road flares. And yeah. just, she's on this tube dancing, and they're standing behind her, making sure she's well lit. Yeah. And it's, you know, we've got, we've got another piece of the soundtrack playing in over here, yeah. and it's... Whatever they're just occupying themselves. Yeah. Well, they've back in the supply warehouse. They've completely just dismembered this body. They've cut it into multiple parts. Yeah. Well, a, well, yeah. After they spike it in the head and it doesn't work, like they get a bone saw and like saw the head off this. Thing. <laughs> yeah, Bert's like, get the bone saw. Right. Still doesn't work. So Bert's got an idea. He's like, hey, um, Ernie works late over at the. Uh, <laughs> You know, over at the mortuary, he works Bert, late. Bert says that Ernie works late. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Bert and Ernie. He notices that Ernie's light's still on, so he has an idea. Let's uh, let's bag up all these pieces. We'll take it over there and we'll burn it. Yeah, we've known each other for twenty-five years. Right. Not a bad idea. Mm-hmm. You know. Um, cut to Ernie in the um, in the mortuary, like he's performing. He's embalming a body. Yeah. Um, you've got this somewhat giant naked man and he's just, I mean, it, like the effects in here are like, it looked like he was really embalming a body. Well, yeah, some creative camera angles yeah. and things oh, like yeah, that. Yeah, for sure. A little, a little and, forced uh, perspective. And so, uh, you know, he's got headphones on and, you know, and they have to cut through the cemetery to get there. And even Chuck says, hey, is that Freddy? You know, and Casey's like... No, that's not Freddy. Why would Freddy be? Or maybe Casey says is that Freddy. Yeah. Either way, it's like no. Why would Freddy be going to a mortuary? Well, it's Freddy and crew are going to the mortuary. So they take these bagged body parts. Bert tells Ernie it's rabid weasels. <laughs> <laughs> they were supposed to get a shipment of weasels, but they weren't supposed to be rabid. Yeah. So we got to put them down. 
so I want to burn them, you know, and uh, Ernie's not too keen on this burning the rabid weasel thing. The, the, the live rabid weasels. Right, the live rabid weasels. So Bert just comes clean and shows him, <laughs> like, opens a bag and a hand falls out and then, like, grabs grabs onto Ernie's pant leg. Yeah. So we got a thing with dismembered hands on this show, apparently. Two <laughs> yeah, two weeks in a row with, with, with this, yeah, like hands just running amok, and, literally. Uh, and so Ernie's fine with it. Like, yep, let's do it. Let's let's burn this thing. And, uh, you know, and he goes into some, you know, the heart's the toughest thing to burn. And, and er, Bert's just like, it's all got to go. Yeah. Even the ash is fine. We'll make it hot enough it even burns the ashes. So, uh, and this is really where the movie takes off. Yeah. Like, it's been... It's been well paced. I mean, the whole movie it never it never really lets up. There's only a couple scenes where it really stalls, mm-hmm. um, but this is really where things get out of hand. They they dump the bags into the crematorium um, and pumps all of this toxic gas, <laughs> very ominous green gas. Yeah, it pumps all this toxic gas out of the like the chimney, which then because it's all toxic causes like chemical reactions in the sky and so we start getting acid rain mm-hmm. over the cemetery ominous lightning starts starts yeah. hitting you know so it starts raining over the cemetery which of course you know Tina and crew panic because of the rain well we get some really cool footage of like the rain seeping into the ground like dripping yeah. into caskets which then animates the corpses mm-hmm. in the resurrection cemetery um, Frank and Freddie are getting more and more ill. Um, <laughs> grayer and grayer. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, and so Ernie calls some paramedics because, you know, we got to treat these guys. Yeah, they're sick. Paramedic, the, the medics show up. They get into the building. They're checking them out. Like, they've got no blood pressure. They've got no heartbeat. You know, they're basically like, you guys, you guys are dead. Like, but it doesn't make any sense because yeah, you're, you're conscious. But yeah. you should be dead. <laughs> and uh, and so the medics, you know, they head out to, um, they they head out. Well, not not quite yet. We get we cut back to the crew in the cemetery, and uh, like Tina starts, she sees something coming out of the ground. Well, this is where we, you know, the corpses are coming back to life. Yeah. You know, the paramedics are headed out to the, headed out to the ambulance to get the stretchers for the guys they hear all the moaning and groaning so you know medic one is like you will get the stretchers i'll call in mm-hmm. for help i'll call the police um and they don't make it like nope <laughs> like the the zombie horde just attacks them just overruns them yeah they're, they're gone like there's no chance um so now we've got the adults basically trapped in the mortuary uh, and the kids are still like trying to find their way. Yeah. Um, and so they they head into Tina heads into the medical supply company, and the rest of them just kind of go hide. Really. Yeah, I think they retreated to the car. Yeah. And, and, yeah, they went to the tra- car, and then like the, the, the trash the, is like, can somebody get me some clothes? <laughs> you, keep wearing, you keep tearing yours up. Um, and so, yeah, they head to the car. It, the roof on Suicide's car, like, leaks like crazy. But um, Tina heads into the medical supply company looking for Freddy. Mm-hmm. Can't find him. 
heads downstairs and um <laughs> you know tar like she comes across Tarman yeah who is easily the most recognizable yes. like zombie yeah, out if, of yeah for, for for people who are not fans of this movie or just sort of passing fans that that's the that's the moment yeah that's the yeah. character and, yeah yeah so you've you know even if you've not seen this movie but you're a horror fan there's a chance you've seen Tarman somewhere yeah. like uh he's he's the most marketable here so and he's very gross looking oh yeah like you know just like like half dissolved skull mm -hmm. um just dripping like goop it's yeah it's, <laughs> it's like just his, it's like black goop yeah yeah and just his gait like he's just broken body he's just like willing himself to move forward well it isn't the the guy that they had play him you know was you know like like double jointed yeah and so oh, yeah. so like he intentionally had this very strange gait and yeah, his limbs, is... limbs are bending in ways that most people's don't so it's just a very, oh, yeah. very it's, it's still really cool yeah very, very uh, cool so, performance so, so he's after tina you know she does the patented i'm gonna run up the stairs but then the stairs break watch that third so, step so she falls back <laughs> through the stairs and locks herself in a closet. And this is really like Tarman sees her and yells brains. So it's like, <laughs> okay, yeah. we have we have talking zombies. Brains. But we also have intelligent zombies. Mm -hmm. Because as soon as Tina locks herself in this closet, um, Tarman goes over to what looked like like a like a cherry picker that you'd like take an engine out of a car with or something yeah, like, like like pulleys and chains yeah. and things yeah he goes over to these like chains and ties one to the door handle and starts cranking like uh -huh. like didn't even look around yeah. like he just problem solving engineering yeah very much so um because of the rain in the car suicide and crew um they head into the medical supply warehouse uh -huh. trash doesn't make it uh trash gets <laughs> as she foreshadowed earlier she gets attacked by a group of old men zombies who then go to you know they take her alive yeah so suicide and crew make it inside the warehouse they hear tina yelling they go downstairs they see the chain tied to the door as the door pops off suicide like pulls back the curtain and you know tarman's like more brains <laughs> and just gets a close-up of him like biting oh into, yeah just chomping on the top just, of his head yeah, and it's like the close-up of him biting into the cranium, and it's yeah. it's like, oh, like teeth didn't... sinking in. Yeah, and, like yeah. heads are hard, and that he just bit right in. Yeah. Uh, so suicide's done. Yeah, he's yeah he's <laughs> yeah he's has no cranium anymore. Um, everybody else, you know, takes off, and uh, you know they kind of they just they're kids, like they just they're teenagers that don't know what they're doing, and they just run in you don't blame them for the running yeah but, it's well, if you came across that in a basement <laughs> yeah but it's just it's it's aimless mm -hmm. um chuck and casey lock themselves in the office i think this is when they do that uh the rest of them head over to um the mortuary yeah because you've got scuzz spider and tina um they head over to the mortuary and they let them in and so everybody's kind of sheltered at this point uh chuck and casey are locked in like you said they're dispensable but they're they're locked in the medical supply company and the office poor chuck uh, the other <laughs> poor chuck even in mortal danger he can't get any any love for, no from casey. no no none not at all uh and so the rest of them over at the uh mortuary decide we got to start 
we got to we got to start like boarding ourselves in. Uh-huh. Um, the the police show up. They get excited when they see the police show up. The police get out of the car, and it's like the zombies were, were almost like the raptors in Jurassic Park. Yeah. Like we're gonna stay hidden until we know it's time. They pounce on these. Oh yeah. Um, you know, and and then like one of them like gets on the radio like send more cops. <laughs> um, just and it's because the, they need to eat. Yeah. So they start boarding up the medical or the I keep saying medical supply house. They keep they're boarding up the mortuary. Mm-hmm. You know, Frank and Freddie are getting worse and worse. Like they're getting stiff. Yeah. Er- Ernie um, has identified that rigor mortis is setting. Yeah. Rigor mortis is setting in. He talked about it earlier. It starts yeah. in the brain and works its way down. So rigor mortis is setting in. Um, they're, you know, like you said, they're boarding themselves up. Uh, they've got, you know, um, what, uh, I think it was, yeah, Ernie, he's going to make a run to the ambulance. Mm. He gets there and goes to close the door and there's like, you know, there, there's this, um, like little person zombie, you know, that, but he's had like below the knees removed, but this actor like can walk on his you know his stumps and so it's kind of cool like ernie shoots him he falls back and then hops up and then comes running after it um, <laughs> i was wondering you know, how they no, made that work i didn't know that I, I identified that it was a little person but i didn't know that that he had like leg stumps yeah uh and so um they you know you got another zombie and and what might be one of the grossest looking ones like one of the paramedics had had like the top of his head like removed uh-huh. and we cut to a zombie that's like almost like drinking out of his head yeah, like it's like a like a jello mold is in there it's, it's really <laughs> gross looking like and then he calls for more paramedics so they send another send more you paramedics know, you know it's everything's just it's just really frantic at this point yeah but we got him inside they boarded things up frank and freddie are like beyond like savable like they're like <laughs> freddie hurts and frank just <laughs> yelling I, oh. I love frank's yells he is I like, the, like oh, 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 oh. <laughs> um so they decide well, let's uh they're gonna lock them in the like the parish hall yeah um because they've established like you know, they like they raise freddie's shirt and like his blood is pooled yeah like they're and, probably gonna turn which isn't yeah, a bad idea to put them in no. you know, lock them in a different place right um Tina, who really up to this point has been somewhat, I won't say intelligent, but... Smart enough. Smarter smarter than the other kids. Yeah, decides, um, I'm going to stay with Freddy. Uh-huh. Lock us all in. I'm staying, I can't leave him, i got to take care of Freddy. And then the others are like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Alright. Whatever. Your funeral. Um, and so, uh, they do that, um... You know, she he's locked. She's locked in there with the these two guys. Are they're so cold and they're just howling or whatever. <laughs> Meanwhile, the uh, the zombies kind of break through the front door, and um, and uh, like Scuzz gets it. Like yeah, they this zombie puppet basically. Yes, um, he re- she grabs she comes in and like bites him in the skull. Mm-hmm. Um, they pull her in, cut her like cut her like midsection with an axe yeah um and so they've got an idea like we've got this we've got the zombie let's talk to it yeah it's like like a torso with a head yeah so they strap it to the table and are just like she reveals like it hurts 
Like it's the pain of being dead. It hurts. Hey. <laughs> and and we eat brains because it's like our medicine. Like yeah. it, it helps the pain go Makes away. Makes the pain go away. And, uh, <laughs> and it's like like you said, it's this half half of a topless like yeah. like she's all skeleton but still has breasts for some reason. Yes, that 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 was a possible <laughs> huh for me. Right. How does that work? Like she is very, very decayed. Yeah, the only um, meat on her happens to be there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That that fatty tissue did not dissolve. <laughs> um, yeah. So Scuzz is gone. So now we're down to Bert, Ernie, Spider, mm-hmm. in the and well, of course Tina, Tina. and Frank and Freddie. But she's locked in there, and um, Freddie, he he finds inner peace. <laughs> like he stops hurting and he's yeah. just like he's just you could tell he's relaxed um and he's just like you know i just I won't. he's turned he yeah he, he wants tina's brains um he hops up she kind of runs away the crew come and save her yeah they have some acid like uh it's always in a, gl- a clear glass jar labeled acid. Yeah, yeah, with the big letters on it. Acid. Nobody ever puts a lid on it. No, it's just no. acid. <laughs> just, just got my jar of acid sitting over there. So they throw, they open the door, they throw acid in Freddy's face. Um, one thing that gets missed, I think, a lot is they cut to Frank once as he's kind of running. And then if you're watching the crew, like, he runs out of yeah, the Yeah, he slips out behind. Yeah. yeah. Behind him, like no one we covered it with with Courtney. Like she completely missed that. She wondered how did Frank get to the, you know, to the crematorium. I'm like, because he just skipped out behind him. Yeah. Like, so they lock Freddie in the sanctuary. Frank, they kind of forgotten about, mm-hmm. but he goes straight to the crematorium, and he kind of foreshadowed this earlier when they were burning the the weasels. Um, <laughs> you know, when he was just like, any idiot can run that thing. Yeah. You know, I could do that. Well, he does. He's he doesn't want to become yes. one of the zombies. So he fires up mm-hmm. the uh, the crematorium while Roxy Erickson's, while Roxy Erickson's um, you know, burn the flames. <laughs> it's just like the perfect song yeah. for this scene. Yeah, he, he, crawls, he crawls on the bed, wheels himself in, and just burns just himself. Just self-immolates. Yeah. Um, takes his wedding ring off and leaves it. Mm. Like, he just, oh. he doesn't want this for himself. Oh, Frank. I hope I, I hope his wife is still safe the pot roast for him. I hope so. Frank. <laughs> <laughs> um, so they've they've got an idea because we've got Tina Frank or Tina Bert Ernie and Spider left, and they have this idea of um, Spider uh, like Ernie like breaks his ankle or like he twists his ankle. He he can't go. Yeah, he can't go. But the police car is right there, so they decide. Um, that Bert and Spider are going to take the police car. They're going to drive it up to the door. Tina and Ernie will get in, and they'll just get and they'll get away. So they get to the car. They get up to the door, and there's just too many zombies. Yeah, they they can't get out. Tina and Ernie are stuck. They're just they'd be gone in a moment. Yeah, and so they drive away. And of course, Tina freaks out why they're driving away, and Ernie understands. They got to go. Yeah, they know they can't get us out. Right, Spider freaks out like there's my friend back there, and Bert's like, "We gotta go!" Like, um, so Ernie and Tina lock themselves in the attic, I guess. Yeah. Uh, they get a step ladder. 
They climb up there, they kick the ladder away, and they barricade the door. Ernie still has a gun uh, because Freddy is still roaming around. Mm-hmm. Um, he's blinded, but he's still roaming around. Meanwhile, uh, Bert and Spider are just going to make a run for it, but they they bust through the gate of the cemetery, but the streets are overrun with hordes of zombies. And so um, the only thing that they could think of is, like, Bert just, like, crashes into the you need a medical supply company because mm-hmm. he's like we can we've still got my car we still got yep. uh frank's car well the cop car they're driving explodes taking both of those out Uh-oh. trash or not trash uh, chuck and casey are still alive yep. um and so we've got those four in the supply company um the phones are dead bert remembers there's a phone downstairs you so uh, that's on a separate line so they go downstairs, of course, they call the police, the police send people out, it doesn't matter. Like, they dispatch through as, like, the police barricades being overrun. Yeah. Uh, we we do get a scene where trash comes back to life. <laughs> like, devours, like, a homeless man. Yeah. <laughs> she comes walk. really cool scene, kind of a wide scene, she comes walking out. Yeah, of like, there's, there's, like, mist bottle. behind, it was kind of like a Jim Cameron shot, like, she's yeah. backlit, and there's, there's mist everywhere. Yeah, and she's still nude, but now she's pale. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's just a fun little scene, because this homeless man's looking at her like, is this really what I think I'm saying? And then, even when she attacks him, her mouth is so large. Yeah. Um, you know, just the prosthetics for this look like literally split second shot. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they go down to the basement and Bert decides, let's call the number on the tank. So they patch him through to um, General Glover, sorry, Colonel Glover. And, uh, you know, it, it, it's unintentionally funny because this entire phone call between Bert and the Colonel, normally when you have two people on a phone having a conversation, the camera will cut back and forth to the two of them. But the camera just stays fixated on the colonel. Yeah, he's like just jotting things down. Yeah. (laughs) I don't know why it's so funny. Ethel's like sitting in the background watching him, and he's like, where are you? And what time did this happen? (laughs) And how long? (laughs) He just keeps asking question after question and just writing this stuff down. But it's like at no point do they cut back to Bert to show him actually sharing. No, it's just him sitting in bed jotting things down on a scrap piece of paper. It's just, it's funny to me. Um... So the colonel gets on the horn with his boss. Uh, long story short, um, they, you know, they're they're going to fire off a weapon to detonate. Um, we still have Bert and Bert, Spider, Chuck, and Casey here in the basement. Um, somehow, Freddy has gotten a ladder to stand up, despite being blinded. And he knows where they are. Cause yeah, because he, can he I can. I know you're still here, Tina, because I can smell your brains. Right. <laughs> you know, and like Ernie's holding her tight or whatever, and and Ernie at one point even like he's holding the gun and he turns it and holds it to the back of Tina's head, mm-hmm. almost like I'm going to take you out of this before yeah. you get devoured. So uh, they fire off this really bad CG. <laughs> Like missile, yeah. Like you could tell, it's like okay, what? It's not like terrible, yeah. but it's it's you could tell it's animated. Um, they fired off. Bird, of course, in the basement is like you guys hear that because you hear the whistle of the missile, like it's coming. <laughs> and, uh, and that's it. As as 
Freddy bursts through freeze frame mm-hmm. like the missile strikes, blows it up, you know, and then the the colonel in general like goes a direct hit, you know, only like two like twenty city blocks, only four thousand casualties. It was you know it was near perfect. Yeah, they blew know? up a section of Louisville, Kentucky. They just blew just, up Louisville, yeah. Kentucky. Yeah, because well we had to, you know, it got out of hand. And this is again a, just a great ending to the movie. All this is taking place in dialogue over the action because mm-hmm. they blew it up. And as they're going like, oh, yes, we understand the, the clouds of, you know, like the smoke. But don't worry, the, the rain will take care of that. And, of course, we know what's going to happen. Uh-huh. The military doesn't know what's going to happen. And basically, they're just kickstarting this all over again mm-hmm. in a much wider, you know, like diameter. Like this was all located within like literally like two or three blocks. Yeah. You know of the cemetery and whatever but but yeah so we've kick-started the franchise of the return of the living dead with this extra gas and extra mm-hmm. rain and they just they just keep reusing footage from earlier you know when when the rain fell the first time yeah. that you know and we get the zon- we get like the skeleton with eyeballs yeah. popping up out of the grave <laughs> as uh 45 graves party time hits for the second time and uh and that's it. Um, that's that's for, oh, that's Return of the Living Dead. I love this movie. That is Return of the. I, I love hearing you talk about it, just because you you, you, you you love it so much. You just get so giddy about it. So I do. It's been fun just just for me to listen to your giddiness. <laughs> so at this point of the show, folks, Oz and I each give our own unique rating to the film we've been yapping about. In this case, Return of the Living Dead. Oz, how would you rate this flick? Uh, I'm going to give this 10 dancing trashes. <laughs> 10 dancing trashes. Yep. I'm I'm going to find an image with her clothes on. Okay. The, okay. The, for the YouTube, <laughs> YouTube video, though. Yeah. Yeah. So what are you giving it? I'm going to go with nine and a half live dogs. Fair enough. Yep. <laughs> I know where you can find a half one. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Next up, folks, we've got Outside Insight. Uh, Oz and I have been scouring the interwebs, searching for unprofessional reviews that tickle our funny bones, and we hope they tickle yours as well. Oz, what is your Outside Insight? Uh, I have a half-star review on Letterboxd by Captain Bard. Captain Yarg, it's me, Captain Bard. By Captain Bard. Left December 5th of 2019. He says, Talking Zombies... Pointless, gratuitous nudity, counterculture mashup of characters, irrational explanation of why zombies need brains. <laughs> this is the zombie version of the Star Wars Holiday Special. Wait, there are more than one? <laughs> because I want my zombie movies to be rational. <laughs> right, yeah. I want I want rational explanations uh-huh. of why zombies need brains. And I only watch movies where the gratuitous nudity has a point. I, I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> that uh, that gratuitous nudity better better hold par with the plot. Right, yeah, if it's not a plot driven piece of gratuitous plot nudity, plot driven nudity. Right. <laughs> like, I, I, is there a movie with point with with gratuitous nudity having a point? Showgirls. Well, yeah. I mean, it's that's a pointless movie, but yeah. <laughs> I mean, Monsters Ball maybe? Sure. Maybe. Mm. But not Swordfish, like the <laughs> Sword. other Halle Berry. <laughs> she got half a million dollars for that shot. And that's like what 20 years ago, 25 years ago something like yeah. that. 
I, I, I remember reading someplace she got a half yeah. a million shot or half a million dollars to, to, for that one shot of her exposed breasts. Uh, I I don't know. It's tough. Like, yeah, that's a lot of money, you know, but that's also like it's it's, it's you all in how you perceive it, I guess. Yeah, I guess it's not like, well, you say half a million dollars for that shot. But then when you fast forward to like yesterday and find out that that, that soccer player Mbappe is getting like <laughs> $766 million to play one year in Saudi Arabia. <laughs> and he doesn't even have to flash his breasts. <laughs> no, no, he doesn't. So it's like, oh, Allie, you sold low. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Should have held out for that Saudi money. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, was it like uh, like Saudi-sponsored nudity? Yeah, yeah, that's right. <laughs> Yeah, so that's that's my outside insight, that half star review from Captain Bard. <laughs> Captain Bard. So what do you got for yours? Uh, my outside insight comes from of course the Internet Movie Database. It's a one out of ten review from Art Vanley Importer Exporter. <laughs> okay. It's a business account. <laughs> I, I think I think it, it's it's like a discount furniture warehouse, I think. Kinda like the you need a medical supply. Exactly. <laughs> Maybe that's why it was a one out of ten. It's competition. Uh, from October twenty twenty, so only a couple years old. Easily one of the most incompetently acted and directed movies I have ever seen. Ever. The makeup is bad. The costumes are terrible. The set design is amateur hour. The script, assuming there was one. <laughs> yeah, this is all, all. Well, was it? This is real. It's laughable. <laughs> it has all the hallmarks of being funded by the Canadian Film Board and made by Cronenberg. But for <laughs> some reason, they gave Dan O'Bannon the job of directing. This mess. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, there was no script because this all really—it was happened. all real. Yeah, as we yeah. as we've established, documentary. Yeah. So <laughs> jokes on you, import export, <laughs> Art Van Lee. All right, folks, it's that time you've been waiting for our signature segment, the three, two, one, in which Oz and I each share three goods, two bads, and one huh about the film in question. In this case, nineteen eighty-fives. The Return of the Living Dead. Oz, what are your three goods? Uh, my first one is a soundtrack to this movie. Oh, great soundtrack. I, I'm a sucker for soundtracks. Always have been. I remember my first ever CD purchase. First time I got a CD player. Uh-huh. The first CD I bought, I was I had in one hand Metallica Black, and in the other hand the Wayne's World soundtrack. <laughs> and I bought the Wayne's World soundtrack. And the reason I bought it, because the variety. I'm like, I... I have more music to listen sure. to on here. There's more songs and there's more variety, and you know, um, and and I've just been a sucker for soundtracks ever since. And the soundtrack to this movie fits this movie perfectly. Yeah, like yeah. you've got punks and you've got punk music. Like, um, you know, one of my like my wife and I are we've watched all of The Walking Dead. Um, I'm not necessarily proud of that, but yeah, we have. Especially as and, it goes uh, on, yeah. But one of my favorite episodes of somewhat recent time is they had an entire episode of Negan and his pre-apocalyptic story with his wife, and which was, it was insightful because it was like how Negan became who he is in the show, sure. like the evil Negan. And my absolute favorite moment in that episode, it was a strong episode, is at one point his wife is leaving for some reason and she gets in the car and when she turns it on 
45 Graves Party Time is playing. Huh. <laughs> and I, I lost it. Like, you I started doing so, wind sprints around the neighborhood. <laughs> I did. I did. <laughs> I got so excited and I had to explain it to my wife why, but I did. It was like, it was just the homage of like, oh, that's great. Like you took you know, off all your clothes and ran to the nearest cemetery. <laughs> I, did. I just right to the living room. I just did my trash dance right to the living room. Yelled at my wife to go get some flares. <laughs> I, I got to be well lit for this. Go get them. Go get them. Um, but, uh, but no, I do. I, I, I love the soundtrack to this movie. Um, all the songs that are available on Apple Music, I have downloaded. Of course you do. It's yeah, probably your ringtone. No, 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 no. But uh, but it is. It's it's just fun. Uh, uh, but, before you, before you go on, I feel compelled to share my first CD purchase. So oh, go for yours it. was the Wayne, and, and, and yeah. I, I too had had the like I had two in hand, and which yep. one do I go with? So yours was the the Wayne's World soundtrack and Metallica Black. Uh-huh. My my uh, my first CD player I got in 1994 I believe it was early 90 either 93 or 94 I think it was 94 uh, it was for my eighth grade graduation okay. and I had in my hands my hot little okay. hands Ace of Base the sign and Janet Jackson's Janet the one with the ha- with the hands over the over the yeah. over the pubes yeah. and uh, I went with my dad was with me and I could tell yeah. that he was like like take the Ace of Base take, yeah he was like take go with the Ace of Base just because of the cover. So yeah. my first ever CD purchase was Ace of Base, the sign. No, that's fair. I was expecting a YouTube CD. <laughs> that yeah. would that also would have made sense, but uh, yeah, yeah, yeah but, Ace of Base. But now I know your true thoughts on YouTube. So uh, yeah, yeah. My my, my <laughs> fandom with YouTube has had a big arc to it. We'll say. Yeah, yeah, uh, and, and so yeah, mine. I remember I was at uh, I was at I think Jacks. It was a department store in uh, in in my hometown, and I was like, "There's," I'm like, "Which one do I get?" But yeah, I went with Wayne's World because I I enjoyed the movie. Yeah. So, my second good is uh, the practical effects of this movie. Yeah. Um, I love good practical. I just love practical effects in general. There was not a whole lot of budget to this movie, and so what they what they delivered on was pretty exceptional really um you weren't going to be convinced that these were real zombies or anything but where they decided to put the money uh in like the headless cadaver tarman the half dog yeah you know just that kind of stuff it was enough to be like man this is fun like it was just fun effects um and so that's my second good and my third one is the entire tarman introduction um you know tina comes downstairs pulls the curtain back and we get we get a like it's not a Spielbergian but he's probably the most famous Spielberg like the push in pull out shot where um where the sheriff like the first time the sheriff's at the beach and sees that kid get mauled by yeah. jaw uh-huh. we get one of those dolly poles um of Tina yeah just just screaming yeah and 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 it's just that whole like we get that before we even see him, and mm-hmm. then they cut to him, and it's just that whole Tarman introduction scene is just uh, is just really solid. And and in my third, I keeping it to three goods was tough. But sure. Those are my three. So all right, what are your three goods? <laughs> uh, my first good, uh, we kind of mentioned this a little bit earlier. I love the inclusive punk gang. You know, yeah. you've, you've got you have your stereotypical punks. You know, with with spider and suicide and and trash, and then you have your like kind of morons there with Chuck and Casey, and then you've got Sweet Tina, 
sweet, yeah. sweet naive Tina, who's who's there with them, you know, dressed in her in her Sunday best, you know, with her like like pink and white jumper or whatever. Yeah, she's excited to go see her boyfriend. Yeah. And... So yeah, the inclusive punk gang. I love it. Yeah, it was nice. <laughs> uh, my second good is James Karen's performance as Frank. Yeah, just, I left oh, him out because I knew you wanted him. <laughs> it's just it's so great. It's it's over the top and like in the best ways. It just uh, yeah. Oh, I, yeah. I can't get enough of him just just r- <laughs> screaming and writhing in pain yeah. as the rigor mortis sets in. Just, oh, oh, oh. <laughs> it's like a 1950s like horror record. Performance. Oh yeah. <laughs> so I just James Karen's Frank is is the best. Uh, do you recognize James Karen from anything else? No, I do not. Should I? He was Craig T. Nelson's boss in the Poltergeist movie. Ah, interesting. Where okay. you just moved the headstones, but you left the graves. <laughs> yeah, it's like the real estate developer that when okay. they were they bought out the cemetery and were supposed to move the bodies. Yeah. But they didn't. They just moved the headstones, which of course is why the you know the the family had their issues with the poltergeist. Mm-hmm. Wow, wow. Uh, my third good. I'm just. I'm gonna go with uh, kind of the slightly different take on zombies. How how they had a little bit of intellect and they could communicate. Um, and it's even called out, you know, by the characters yeah. in the movie. You know, it's. You know, they're just different enough to give it a little extra flavor for this movie. Right. Something that that's well, because distance is like, just enough from, from like the Romero movies. Yeah, well, and I like it because like you said, they reference the Romero movies, so they're aware of zombies. Yes. Because of the movie. But then this is you know, like the movie lied. Like yeah. <laughs> our zombies are different than those zombies. Yes. Um but we're still kind of uh like you like I mentioned like an unofficial sequel to Yeah. To the Night of the Living Dead. So yeah, I agree that that was that was. Yeah. I and you really don't see intelligent zombies in in full force like this in like mainstream. Like there are some like um, Warm Bodies is a, is like a Romeo and Juliet esque mm-hmm. zombie movie where there's some intelligence there, but they're not they're not a threat. Like here, yeah. it's they're 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 thinking, but they're evil too. So yeah, so just different enough from the others. So those are my three goods. Oz, what are your two bads? Uh, my first one is Tina's decision to stay with Freddie. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's like, I understand he's your boyfriend and you love him, but the whole movie you've been running to survive, and then the first moment you see your boyfriend, you like throw away all intelligent thought. And yeah. like, I have to stay with Freddie. And like, well, you don't. <laughs> and the others are like, okay. You know, they, they don't and, uh, question it at all. Right, and and honestly, there are no survivors in this movie, so ultimately, it didn't matter. Yeah. But it still was like a really dumb decision. Like, we've taken care of your boyfriend. Like, he and Frank are locked in here. He's fine. Mm-hmm. Um, but she's like, I've got to stay, and uh, that that wasn't that wasn't a good decision. My second one, and and I had this down before I watched it again, um, and but I feel like the cutaways to the general, although fun, or the colonel. They, they kind of slow, they, yeah. they stall. Yeah. Like, they take you away from the action to a place with, like, the exact opposite effect. There's no action mm-hmm. at all. Like, when the general gets home, he talks to his wife, flips a few switches on a knob, and then that's it. Like, yeah. it's just yeah. enough to be like, I want to go back there. Um, the, the one at the end, at least it was more plot-driven and made sense. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the couple cutaways to the colonel just really hit the brakes 
on what was, like I wanted to go back to the cemetery and see what those guys were up to. Mm-hmm. Um, and so those are my two bads. What do you got? Uh, my first bad, uh, the I kind of mentioned before. I think the Chuck and Casey characters were a little unnecessary. Yeah, because um, there was I think like seven, if you include Freddy, like eight kids. And yeah. it's I don't know, it was a couple too many. Well, and they weren't even there to pad the body count. Yeah, yeah, they had you know because they didn't get attacked. Yeah. So I just I thought they were a well, little annoying and unnecessary. I, I do have I do have a little insight. Um, you may have read the trivia and saw this, but. The actress who plays Casey was actually a dancer at Dan o, one of Dan O'Bannon's favorite like establishments. Okay, um, and he was one of her favorite dancers, and he offered her the role of trash, and she turned it down because that's what she did for a day job. Like okay. she didn't want to do that. So if I remember the trivia correctly. Um, they wrote her the role, uh, an additional role of Casey, so that she could still be in the movie and not have to flash her goods. Okay. So the inclusion of Casey actually is a little extra. Sure. Because Favor to that that person. I wanted to put her in the movie, but she didn't want to do Trash's role. I don't blame her for that yeah. either. Like, yeah, because you you're know. basically naked the entire movie. Yeah, and that's what you do for your job. So it's like, I don't want to go do that. Sure. Like, I'd rather do it for tips, not for the world to see. Yeah. So. Fair enough. I can I can yeah. I can respect that. Uh, my my second bad. This one is really nitpicky, by the way. Yeah. Is and and it kind it's similar to your like cutaways to the colonel. I I felt like in the beginning there was almost just a little bit too much kind of back and forth between like the warehouse and the cemetery, the warehouse. Oh like, yeah. Um, and it it slowed things down just a teeny tiny bit. Again, not dramatically. So, right. And again, I, like I said, I'm being very nitpicky with that one. Act, a little, it's not a blooper, but it was unscripted. Is um, when, when the hand grabs onto Ernie's pant leg and tears it a little bit, mm-hmm. and then they take care of the burning, and then Ernie sits down in the chair. And, 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 he, he, and he cuts the pant leg? Right. He That was not scripted to do. I guess Don Calfa just did that, mm-hmm. and everybody just stayed in character and let him finish cutting that pant leg off. And it's like, and it's like, it, I thought that was great of the other three to just roll with it instead yeah. of what are you doing? Or, you know, just, he just, I guess he got tired of that pant leg rolling around. So he just cut it off and everybody just stayed in character. I actually had that as one of my possible huhs. The way I rationalized it to myself is that was him kind of like taking a beat to like, just breathe a little bit right. and kind of make yeah. sense of the moment. Like, okay, I'm gonna. This is something I can control for ten seconds. Yeah, cutting my pant right. leg. Now I'm back with it. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, I thought that was just kind of. A, I thought that was great moments yeah. for the other three actors as Kalfa's like, I'm just gonna do this, and the other three are like, let's keep the cameras rolling because mm-hmm. we're good. So because neither one of them are like looking at him or yeah. even talking, the, everything just freezes for that like 15 seconds while he cuts that pant leg yeah. off. Um, I, th- I just thought it was. I mean, just, I don't, I love everything about this movie, yeah. so. <laughs> well, speaking of huzz, Oz, what's your huh? Um, why does the government, oh well, no, let me back up. Why does the military always seem to just blow up their mistakes? In <laughs> That's the American um, way, my friend. Like, yeah, I, you know, I, I made the reference to the crazies and, uh, you know, in my movie marriage, but that's another movie where, you know, a, gov- a military chemical gets misplaced 
and the sol- to solve it, we're just going to blow things up. Mm-hmm. Um, and they happened here as well. So it's just like, um, I hope our military in real life doesn't <laughs> take that upon themselves to be, well, we screwed that up down in Louisiana. Let's just, let's just drop a bomb, yeah. like start over. Um, and so I hope it never gets that way around. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I, I would tend to agree with that. <laughs> right. uh, and so, well, it's like um, like in the Avengers. Um, yeah, you know when when and granted this this wasn't the government's doing, but like you know that portal opens and you know all the uh, the Chitauri are coming through and they decide we're going to nuke Manhattan. Yeah, <laughs> just do it. Like that's the only answer we have. Yep. Like, you know, certainly have the funding for it. So yep. oh, we got to use these nukes at some point, <laughs> right? Uh, so let's not like, government. If you're listening, military. If you're listening, don't. Yeah, don't don't blow things up to solve right. your problems. Right. Let's we'll we'll figure out another Especially way. Especially on American soil. <laughs> yeah, please don't. <laughs> uh, and so that's my huh. What do you have? Oh, I got a couple possible huhs. Uh, I'm going to start with uh, what's the first name of Colonel Glover? He has embroidered pajamas that say HG on them. Harold. Harold. <laughs> My guess. Yeah. What was, uh, oh, wait a minute. Hold on. Um, I got to look up really quick because I'm curious. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, never mind. I was going to say, I, I wanted to look up I Love Lucy to see what Ethel's husband's name was. It's Fred. Okay. That's right. Ethel Frederick Fred Hobart Mertz. So, That's probably Hobart. Probably Hobart, but I was like, well, you know, I'm thinking maybe it was a Fred Nethel, but no, yeah. that's Ho- yeah. Hobart Glover. Yeah. <laughs> so I got a couple more possible huzz. Um, my my next one is um, so trash got mauled by zombies, right? Yep. And after she got mauled, she emerges completely intact. Yep. <laughs> so yeah. How we, yeah, whatever. It's it's more reason for trash to walk around naked. Now she's exactly. a zombie. And, yeah, yeah, okay. We, it's to get Linnea quickly yeah. back out. Yes, <laughs> in more ways than one. Uh, and my last one, my last hump. So we referenced before that they they got that zombie torso and they t- yeah. they tied it down. So after they they talk and question the torso, and again it's Spider, Ernie, and Bert that are there. Uh, Bernie pulls. Or sorry, Spider pulls Ur- like, hey guys, I gotta talk to you for a minute, and he pulls them into the other room to talk, <laughs> like he didn't want the zombie that's right, tied right. down to hear. Yeah. What- <laughs> Psst, hey <Right>. guys, <laughs> let's here. let's dip it in the other room so this right. tied let's, down zombie can't hear us. Huddle up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a little silly. Yeah. So but, oh well. Yeah. So that that's that's my probably real huh with the others being fun right. fun huzz. <laughs> hey guys, I gotta talk I to you for a minute. Step in here so that she can't hear us. Zombie can't hear us. <laughs> so, well, that that puts a wrap on week one of yeah, Return Month. What a and fun we, uh, movie! It is a fun movie. I do enjoy this one. When I logged it in my letterbox, each time that you like log a movie on Letterbox, it tells you how many times you've logged it prior. <laughs> This is uh this is my third time since starting a Letterbox account that I've logged this movie. Okay. So, uh, I do and I do love this film. I do, I do, I do. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, what do you got next week? Next week, Oz, we're staying in the 80s. We're just going back a couple years from 85 to 83. And the next return movie that we are covering is, you guessed it, folks, Star Wars Episode Six: Return of the Jedi. So we're going from another from, return of movie. Uh, yeah, so we're going from low budget horror to high budget sci-fi action adventure. So we're gonna be we're gonna diving back into the Star Wars verse here, Oz, covering Return of the Jedi next week. Yeah, it's been a while since I've seen it. Mm-hmm. Solid movie. Yeah, it'll be one I'm sure I watched by myself. Not that not that my wife is anti Star Wars because she says she's not. She likes a Star War. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's one of those that like, kind of like we alluded to last week after the show when we were talking about carefully selecting our return movies because we don't want to put us our, put ourselves in a position that we have to watch the prequel. Yeah, to yeah, the yeah. yeah. Um, and so with Return of the Jedi. Um, I w- she wouldn't know enough about what was going on without having to watch Star Wars and Empire first. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, I'll, I'll just watch Return of the Jedi. I might be able to get one of the kids to watch it with me. That'll be all right. Yeah, I might be able to talk my uh, my kid into watching it with me, although I did make the mistake of watching this movie. Watching this with her? Watch, watch well, not, not just this movie, but the moment. I knew I, I, I wasn't quick enough to the remote. This, the oh. little scene uh, with the Ewoks, and one of the Ewoks dies in battle. Oh, that that no. was traumatic for my my eight year old. So I'll have to assure oh. her that we will not watch that part. Oh no! Yeah, you could take her to visit the grave of that Ewok. <laughs> Good. Just make sure it doesn't rain acid rain on it first. And yeah. <laughs> return, return of the living Ewok. Yeah. What's trash doing here? <laughs> she only dances on Wednesdays. What are yeah. you doing here? <laughs> All right, ladies and gentlemen, that wraps up another episode of Let's Talk About Flicks. Uh, social media wise, you can find us at the links down below, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. There is a link to Patreon as well uh-huh. if you'd like to donate to the show. Um, yeah, next week, Return of the Jedi. I just looking forward to this month overall. Yeah, really, really am. Um, and so that again is this, that's the end of this episode. I, uh, maybe, maybe I'll swap out one of my other movies this month for Return of the Living Dead. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so we talk about it more. <laughs> there, is a, there is a sequel. Yes, I have not seen yeah. the sequel. Uh, I have once it'd be a new brand, it'd be a brand new movie to me, but Tom Matthews. Well, the the actors that play Frank and Freddy mm-hmm. are also in the sequel, but not as Frank and Freddy. Okay. I, I don't know why. Did they just switch roles? Uh, yeah, Freddy. <laughs> uh, but, but yeah, they're, it, it's a little confusing. I remember knowing they were in there and still watching it. Like, this is just kind of weird. Yeah. Because I've already associated you to this franchise and other roles, and then here you are. Um, but it's it's fun. The second one is fun. It's still 80s. It's not as, as like, landmark as this one is. Um but it's still a, it's still a fun movie. Sure. Like you can tell there's 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 a budget behind it. It's not just reprising a role for a fan film or something yeah. like that. So, uh, but yeah, that wraps up this week. We will see you guys next week with Return of the Jedi. Mm-hmm. Um, so let's talk about flicks. I'm Oz. I'm Curtis. And we'll see you then. <laughs>